Matilda's coming up uh, 15 minutes away from 2 o'clock. Let's talk footy. Now, the footy season's over, I know, I know, but that doesn't mean the passion has faded. True footy fans, it's alive and well all year round, and that's certainly the case for my next three guests. I've got Paul Vandenberg, who's a Port Power man, where he runs the uh, the Aboriginal footy program. How are you, Paul? G'day, mate. How are you going? You're still passionate about it, aren't you, even though it's the off-season? Oh, absolutely. Hey? Glad the, tra- uh, tra- uh, the uh, trading season's over. It is. They call it the silly season. Um, it is a bit silly. But, <laughs> For all um, the right reasons, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. But, um, also okay. with us today, we've got uh, Marlon Motlop. Now, he's a player from Darwin. How are you, mate? Good, thank you. Good to see you. I'm well, yeah. You're off training at the moment. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, I'm still playing in the Darwin League. It's... Um, yeah, it's, it goes in the summer months here, so um, but I'm still playing at Glenelg, so we start um, we start preseason pretty soon. So. Right, okay. Well, enjoy the, the, the relax while you can, and also we've got uh, Rigby Barnes, uh, who uh, is with the South Australian Aboriginal Sports Training Academy. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Thank you. Thanks for coming in, gents. Look, what we want to talk about is the role of uh, various programs floating around uh, the football uh, uh, community in uh, South Australia, particularly, largely through the Port Power. And uh, that, that's what uh, you run, uh, Paul, the um, the Indigenous or the Aboriginal footy program, it's called. What's what's your story? You're not a footballer. You're no, a basketballer, I, I believe. Am, I am a former basketballer, <laughs> um, but always been passionate about football. And I guess um, I've been at the club now eight years. Yeah. And in that time, I've just felt that football, especially in South Australia, is a really great engagement tool for our young Indigenous kids. Mm. And, um, you know, forming a partnership with the South Australian Aboriginal Sports Training Academy through the state government um, has been a, just a wonderful um, partnership and collaboration on some of the programs that we deliver um, together. And we're beginning some amazing education outcomes, which mm. is the priority. Um, but we're also, I guess, as a bonus, seeing some of our kids go on to be drafted into the AFL system as well, which is fantastic for them and their families. It's been wins all around, hasn't it? How does it actually work? Uh, kids, uh, before they can each take part, they have to have their um, uh, attendance uh, yep. schedule yep. at Absolutely, school up yep. high? So we, we aim to have a, and Marlon and Rigby can touch further on this, but uh, the goal is to have at least a C-plus average across mm-hmm. all subjects and have a minimum of 80% attendance across the board and, and all subjects. So um, I guess what we do as a club is provide the reward, which is football and experiences, whether they um, we've taken the Academy to China twice, um, mm. New Zealand, um, up to a, an Aboriginal festival this year called Gama, which was an amazing experience for everyone involved. But um, so we provide the um, experience, and then Sasta, Sri Rigby, and, and the team down there provide all the education outcomes, which is really critical for our success. So, Rigby, how does that work, the, the education side of it? Yeah, so as Paulie said, um, <clears throat> the so Sasta provides the education. Um, part of it. So we've got 21 school-based academies across the state. Right, 21. 21, yeah. So as far north as Coopedia and as far south as Mount Gambier. Um, so they study a SASTA subject. If their attendance is 80%, they're doing their work. Um, the reward is to participate in the Aboriginal Power Cup in the first semester, which is linked with the Port Adelaide Footy Club. They obviously do a t- tremendous job and give the students a lot of opportunity to mix with players. Um, they put on a two-day carnival um, and there's a lot of uh, stalls and health and um, that sort of stuff linked to it as well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's the sport, I guess, is used as an engagement. Mm. Is it, it, one of the outcomes, though, is it basically uh, kids who are into footy? Are the other ones getting left behind if I'm not into footy? 
Nah, so the the students actually study in Aboriginal studies, is that's the subject. Um, so that's where it's incorporated a lot of cultural identity, look stuff about history and that type of thing. So a lot of our students, as we know across the state, aren't necessarily sporty mm. as such. So the subject they actually do, they're learning about themselves, they're learning about their culture, um, and that's the way we're engaging those students, as well as the sporty ones. So right. even okay. the ones that aren't so sporty still participate in the Aboriginal Power Cup. Um, before the, so the winners of the carnival, which is their curriculum, they get points for their curriculum as they hand it up. And then th- that linked with the, I think the carnival winners, which is only 20%, then they get to, uh, play on Adelaide Oval before the, uh, port game. Um, but there's also the cultural dance that all the students participate mm. and you can see it on YouTube as well. It's fantastic. It, it really has been a great initiative, isn't it? That's, uh, really ticked all the boxes all along. Yeah, absolutely. We just feel like, we just feel like it works really well. We've got a mm. great, great model in place and just really good structures. And, um, if you can bring in someone like Marlon, who's a mm. past player and played in the AFL, knows the system really well and what it takes to actually make it, it just works really well at the mm. moment. Mm. Yeah. So Marlon, you, you're, you were drafted, uh, by Port Adelaide, uh, what, 2007, yeah. 2007, yeah. yeah. So you've been uh, been right through the whole system. Um, why do you reckon this is working so well for for uh, for, the, for the kids that are involved? Yeah, well, I guess we'd, it's it's pretty it's pretty blatant that uh, AFL footy is the vehicle to engage kids, yeah. particularly yeah. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander kids. And um, you know, while we're doing that and while we're using that as the as the key vehicle, what what we're also teaching them within all of our programs and in our sessions is the ability to come into an unfamiliar environment and conduct yourself in a way that's going to help you survive and, and, and even succeed in at the elite level or in succeed in, in a workplace after school. So um, while kids are, are, are coming in and they're learning footy and they're you know topping up on their footy skills and that, mm-hmm. they're also learning um, some really handy tools to be able to um, thrive in a work setting or a classroom setting or in front of an audience or um, being able to articulate themselves through um, important conversations with with other people that they you know are pretty unfamiliar with so that's because that's pretty important too isn't it because indigenous kids can be a little bit shy mm. uh, yeah, on the shy yeah, scale can't they yeah by yeah. nature we're we're, yeah. we're shy we're a shy group, but, um, yeah, I think, um, you know, we see um, massive growth from, you know, day one to um, even two months' time when you, know, you're, you, you see kids grow and um, being able to facilitate them uh, sessions and, and speak in front of groups. So, And it's led to a great retainment rate, isn't it, too, which is the other big tick. Absolutely. Um, if you think about the Aboriginal Power Cup, which Rigby was touching on before, one of our other programs we have a partnership with, um, last year we had 128 uh, students from year 12 start the program and 123 actually graduated and, and, and gained their say. So for us, that's what the goal is. It's, it's, it's about how do we get them through school, but then what does that transition look like? So we work really closely with the University of Adelaide to try and get them some university scholarships or pathways there or some of our corporates at the club that are providing some really uh, meaningful employment opportunities. So, yeah, we, we just feel like it's a it's a really good model at the moment and really happy about the way it's going. It just mm. I guess we, we're a bit under-resourced sometimes to keep it growing, so um, that's the next challenge for us. Yeah, I, that, that's what I was going to say. What's next? What is the what is the vision? Uh, is it to take it wider nationally or...? Uh, pro- probably not. I guess we, we, we get a lot of... Um, contact from other AFL clubs on asking how we do, how we go about our business because just seeing what, what we do and our players speak really highly of it, you know, Paddy, mm. Paddy Ryder and, and, you know, Chad Wingard that were really big supporters yeah. of our programs mm. and love what we do, so um, we often get a lot of AFL clubs coming to us and seeking a bit of advice, but 
we're probably not trying to grow nationally, probably pretty comfortable in South Australia. We want to really make sure our young people here in South Australia are on the right pathways and yeah, I guess we really want to stop the the words around closing the gap and mm. you know cl- you know shutting down the revolving door, which is we th- we feel like we're making some small progress in. Mm. You, you know, you're you're a far west coast man, aren't you? Absolutely. How, how much you know your own background? Not being a footballer, what I'm getting at. Not being a footballer, you've been incredibly successful with this whole program. But yeah. not being a footballer, but you're uh, an indigenous man. Yeah. yeah. Is is that the key? Yeah, I guess. For myself, Marlon and Rigby, we probably lived it. You know, we probably yeah. lived um, coming from a you know remote place. I guess past Sejuna and growing up there, I guess I saw some of the issues that some of our my family were facing and I were facing. And you know what, moving away from there and getting to Adelaide and getting an education, what that did for me. So I guess that's probably the pathway. We keep trying to talk. But to that the can kids. also be the other way, can't it? Yeah. Coming to the big city can be, you know, sort it's of quite daunting. The beginning of the end. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I um, I was probably fortunate. My mother moved with me, um, so that I had that support. And so not a lot of young Aboriginal children get that support. No. So no. that's probably the role that we kind of try and play. Then is how do we create some good supports for mm. them so they don't, you know, there's always that homesickness that that comes into our young people. But if we can try and create a you know, good mechanism around their support system and, you know, making sure that they feel like we're their family. I think that's mm. been a big key for us. But, um, yeah, I think we've all gone on different journeys, but we've all sort of made it knowing that education is the is the key and tool. Mm. Rigby, where, where, what's your background? Where are you from? So I was born in Alice Springs. Uh, my Aboriginal family is from North Queensland, yep. Gugilanji and Birigubba. <clears throat> so my mum's a Pearson, yeah, so... But I was born in Alice Springs. I've lived down here in Adelaide for 20 years and I've been, yeah, working in state government for a while now, so... Fantastic. And, uh, and, and, and you, you'd agree with everything Paul just said. It's, it's about having gone on that journey and, and know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's for sure. I think Paulie was underselling himself. His networks are <laughs> pretty good and he's pretty good at talking, so, um, yeah, he engages everyone from corporates to community to, um, uh, yeah, so... He was underselling himself there, but yeah, the program obviously is really working really well, and yeah. hopefully it'll just get bigger and yeah. bigger. Marlon, uh, let me ask, what you know, what, what's what's your eventual goal, mate? Uh, it'd be nice to see uh, an Aboriginal coach of of a team somewhere in Australia. Yeah, that's on the cards. Um, I I just uh, started my level three uh, through the AFL, so I just got back from Melbourne doing that. So, um, yeah, I, I think. The natural progression as a from a footballer to a coach has just always been there, yeah. um, particularly as I've, I've gotten older and um, been into leadership roles through uh, my SAFL level and, and back home as well. So I think the natural progression is to just be a coach and um, I find myself over-analysing the game uh, a hell of a lot. and <laughs> oh, going through everyone, stats and, yeah, it doesn't everyone. Going through stats and numbers and uh, you know, when I get in a conversation about stats and, and football, um, it can just go on for two hours. So you've got to be able to stop yourself at some times. Um, so... Yeah, I think the natural progression is to be a coach, um, and I'll just keep um, you know developing over the, over the next few years. Yeah, the fact that you've actually you know been a player and, and are a player does that give you an even greater connection with the kids that you're working with? I'd imagine. Yeah, hundred percent. I think um, the the biggest one is you know you can go into a, 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 a football session and you can you can try and create these amazing footballers, but it comes for me. I think my experience is it comes back to the relationship and um, how you can connect with the with your with your students and your footballers, and then be able to get the best out of them that mm-hmm. way. So mm-hmm. um, that's the biggest thing I have found over my footy career. That's um, held me in uh, good stead so far with um, the way I coach and facilitate. Mm. Mm. No, that's fantastic, mate. Rigby, coming back to you, um, one of the best quotes I read about you was "Dream, believe, and achieve." That's sort of the little mantra in the back yeah, of the mind. That's the Susta 
So that's the slogan. Yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. Does it resonate with the with the kids that you're working with? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we have uh, kids that have gone through the program that have gone on to only a couple gone into AFL there's some that have been gone on to be a nurse so we've got <clears throat> Katarina Keeler we've got a promo video of her story um, of how she's a nurse now in the Northern Territory supporting Aboriginal families um, we've got another one Jalen Newchurch who's working in Ghana language revival yeah, at Townley right. College mm-hmm. um, so yeah our students Although it's a sport program, majority don't go into a sport field. So we've got a lot that go into university, um, a further education and then meaningful employment. But, yeah, majority probably don't go into a sporting field. So, yeah, the Dream Believe Achievers for, yeah. Yeah, and that just shows how, just how successful and how powerful the whole program is. Um, back to you, Paul. Um, are we excluding, as far as the sports side of playing footy are concerned, what about the women's league? What about uh, women players? So... Every one of our programs is girls and boys. So um, the Aboriginal Power Cup was actually we had more girls playing in it this year. Did um, you than boys? Yeah, than boys. Yeah. So um, the girls just love it. They love football. Um, even when we go to remote communities, I remember having a conversation probably three or four years ago with some principals that thought that maybe girls don't play f- f- football up in the remote communities. And then once we actually gave them the, the platform, they thrived in it. So um, all of our programs. But before then, they weren't playing. Yeah, that was a big softball's a big thing up in remote communities, and I guess softball is it? Yeah, they yeah. love softball. Um, so, yeah, that, now that we've introduced football, it just seems to be taking off a lot in the remote communities. And this this year, we've we've had the um, the boys Aboriginal AFL Academy for the last five years, and this year we rolled out the women's Aboriginal AFL Academy. So um, we've got sort of twenty twenty sort of twenty five twenty four young women in that program doing really well, doing a cert three in fitness. Um, yeah, absolutely fantastic. And their reward for the year is we're taking them to New Zealand in about a month's time. Fantastic. As a reward to have a bit of a cultural exchange um, with the Māori community, which we did that with the boys last year. So, um, And the boys, there's, there's about 30 young men in that program as well. So, oh, It's a big scheme there. We're talking about 50-odd 50, 50 kids there, aren't we? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So it's a big task. Um, Marlon has the boys on a Tuesday and then... Um, Jasmine, one of our coordinators, and along obviously with Sasta, have them on, have the women on the Thursday. So mm. it works really well. Um, yeah, we're just pretty fortunate that we're in a position, and I'm in a club that uh, is absolutely 100% behind us from the top down, and love what we do. And you know, that, like I said earlier in the piece, that the partnership and the collaboration that we yeah. have with the state mm. government and um, Sasta has just been wonderful, and getting some amazing outcomes. Go on, give us a tip. Any stars there uh, up and coming? Well, we had Isaac Rankin in the program last year. He he, he couldn't make it this year, but uh, he'd be one I'd br- yeah. keep an eye out yeah. for. Yeah. <laughs> Isaac Cozzy. Rankin, yeah. yeah. Um, Kaiser Pickett, Byron Pickett's oh, yeah, yeah. Nephew, yeah. Yeah. nephew. Yeah, So he's coming through. He's, yeah, developing pretty well. Um, and then I guess over the last four years, we've had um, Wayne Malera, um, Tyson Stengels, Kim LaBoyce and Brandon Parfitt. Well, there you go. Yeah, there so you we're, go. We're going at one a year so far. So. <laughs> one a year. That's, well, that's not bad. That's not yeah. bad, isn't it? Out of 30-odd. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, listen, uh, guys, really great to meet you and uh, fantastic work. Keep up the great work. People want more details. Um, where yeah. can we find out? So we've got a Facebook and Instagram page, Power Aboriginal Programs, um, and obviously um, the Port Adelaide Football Club website has got all our details as well, and Sesta have got a website as well. Yes, yeah. Sesta got a website and, and Instagram and the Facebook. Yeah.
So multimedia, it's all out there. Yeah, got to get it so out the Port there. Adelaide uh, is portadelaidefc.com.au and there's the Women's Aboriginal AFL Academy, yeah. blah, blah, blah. There's a whole all set of links there. Community under the, the community details tab, there. Yeah. All right, well, good to meet you guys and uh, uh, enjoy the, the couple of weeks you've got off and then get back into it. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, guys. Let's hope it's not Thanks too hot. Right. Thanks yes. very much, uh, uh, our guests, uh, Paul uh, Vandenberg, Rigby Barnes and uh, also uh, Marlon Motlop. Stay with us uh, after the break. Uh, 